finger from Percy. That means it's Wednesday night. It's podcast night. Uh, we got a, a cool episode for you tonight, and we've got a returning alumni, uh, Jimmy Dwayne Bowen, affectionately known as Wayney or Jimmy D, as I like to call him. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction is coming up in May. Uh, Wayney has been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, for a visit and uh, had a great experience there. And the NFL Draft is coming up this weekend, so we thought we'd do a draft. This is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snubs. People that we feel should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they are not. And our criteria was simple. It's actually rock and roll. So we're not going to... uh, have any country artists, which some are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm not getting into that like I disapprove, or rap artists, but our criteria was rock and roll. So we're going to do it like the draft. We're starting with our number ones, and we don't want to say that these folks were honorable mentions. So we're going to have top five, but we're extending it to eight rounds of the draft. Well, we're doing like a draft, though. Yes. The, the, our first pick will be... Our Our number one pick. It'll be our number one pick. Right. That's exactly right. So, you guys have anything you want to add? I don't think so. No? You're good? Well, before we get started, let's thank our sponsors, Busted Oak Bourbon Society, Doug and Wendy. We love you guys. Um, Spices Smokehouse Crackers, always good to us. Robert and Lynn, love y'all very much. And... uh, Shout out to everyone that's been participating in the sticker challenge. If you need stickers, then just let us know. So let's get into this. Y'all ready? Ready. Yeah. All right. Percy, just like the draft, what is your number one selection for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Someone that has been snubbed. My number one selection, this was easy for me. Anybody knows how much I love Graham Parsons, and it's the Burrito Brothers. Yeah, the Flying Burrito Brothers. It's, and to me, I love the Eagles, but it's a travesty. They get way too much credit for the whole country rock scene. There were so many people way before them that paved the way, Dillard and Clark, the Gosden Brothers, but the Burrito Brothers were... If that for Graham, we might not have got Wild Horses by Keith. Because he yeah. was the hev- heavily influenced Keith in the country music section that they went to. And the album I'm going to is The Gilded Palace of Sin. Now, what's on that album? Christine's Tune, Hot Burrito Number 1, Hot Burrito Number 2, The Dark End of the Street, Do Right Woman, uh, Sin City's on that. And it's the whole album is just great. That's great. Yeah. Worthy of a number one. All right. Graham Parsons and the Flying Burrito Brothers. Brian, what's your number one draft pick? My number one is Boston. Yes. And the album is Boston. That yeah. should get a man alone without one Agreed. album. Listen, I mean, this is what's on it. Smoking, peace of mind. Something about you, rock and roll band, hitching a ride, foreplay, let me take you home tonight, more than a feeling. And that yep. should get a man. I mean, basically, that's one of the best did. debut albums of all time, and it really could be a greatest hits album. And here, on there is, here is, this is the kicker. There's 
the, the first album certified sales for 17 million in America from 1994 to 2008. It was the top selling debut of all time before losing to Guns N' Roses at the top instruction. Wow. Tom Schultz produced the record. He played every instrument for every song on it. And then the band was formed so they could tour. And it was yeah. produced in his house. In his house. Tom Schultz went to he, MIT. He did. He was. He had an engineering degree from MIT. Yeah. So, and it, and it's not strong. just Very that strong. album. They had they had songs strewn out through. I mean, Don't Look Back. Yeah, the Don't Look Back and, album was good. Then cool you had, the Engines. Then yeah. you had uh, Amanda, which Amanda was, was great. And they had, they yeah. sold 75 million records worldwide, but 17 was off that one album. That's See, pretty, and why they're not good. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm clueless. I'm clueless too. When I was growing up, everyone had that Boston album. Right. Yeah. I also read to add what Brian said that, you know, uh, like Percy said, it was produced in his basement there, but uh, the record company, I read that they wanted it, him to fly out, the band to fly out to California and record it, re-record it in the studio, and they agreed to that, but but Schultz stayed back and kind of put the finished touches on it, and then they kind of tricked the record company and put out the version that was actually done in his house. And, yeah. And, uh, but kind of went along with that charade so that uh, the record company would be, you know. And they got in a tip with the record company, too. Yeah, because they, you know, were, it was, it they was, were signed to do three albums. It was and, eight years between the second and the third. Yep, it was eight years between the second and the third. And they finally met the obligation, did the third, and it was a, a great album. Mm -hmm. it, it was a lot of good songs on that album. So, hey, good choice, Brian. All right, Jimmy D, what's your number one draft pick? Well, my number one is someone that I consider the greatest singer of all time, and it's Chris Cornell. All right. And, you know, I picked Chris Cornell as an individual because, uh, you know, he's really been in three bands uh, and a solo career. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, he died a couple of three years ago, but... Uh, you know, Soundgarden was one of the first, uh, the pioneers of the grunge movement. Yeah. Before Pearl Jam and all that. Yep. And and I've been on here before and kind of uh, explained it a little bit, but, you know, Cornell is one of the main reasons why we hear Eddie Vedder, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, Eddie Vedder's first record was, was on a Cornell song, Hunger Strike, you know, for Temple right, of the Dog. Right, Temple of the Dog. So he was in Soundgarden. He was roommates with uh, Andy Wood, who was... Uh, Mother Love Bone and Mother Love and Andy Wood died, so Cornell formed Temple of the Dog, wrote all the songs, and recruited a couple of guys who would become Pearl Jam. And that was the founding of Pearl Jam, that's, pretty much. That's right. They yeah. had flown Eddie Vedder out from San Diego to kind of rehearse or try out or whatever, and he stepped up and sung some of the lower parts there for that song Hunger Strike in the studio. Uh, and then Cornell went on to. Uh, uh, form Audio Slave with uh, Tom Morello, Rage Against the Machine, all three of them. Yeah, you know, um, great band. Uh, had a couple albums there, and then Cornell has a couple of great solo records. He has some great cover songs. I mean, he's done Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. He's done uh, Nothing, Nothing Compares, compares to, to You. Uh, just, uh, just great songs. And the album uh, that I picked is, about, is an album called Songbook. It's a live album. He's uh, acoustic, but he 
he covers music from all three of those bands plus his solo career. Man, that's a great album and a great selection. And Cornell truly is one of the greatest voices in rock. Yeah, what a loss. Yeah. All right, my number one draft pick, and I hope and think he's getting in this year, but he has been snubbed for a long time. So my number one draft selection is Warren Zevon. I mean, you talk about a, a lunatic. I mean, his music was great. His lyrics were strange. Um, sometimes twisted. Sometimes <laughs> twisted, yeah. I mean, he, he could hit the gutter uh, when he needed to, I guess. But uh, love Warren Zevon. Um, one of my favorite lines in Lawyers, Guns, and Money is, I'm stranded in Honduras. I'm a desperate man. Send Lawyers, Guns, and Money. The shit has hit the fan. But you know, so many people totally respected him and recorded his songs. I mean, Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, or Pitiful Me. Carmel, she recorded Carmelita as well. Even even Hank Jr. recorded Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Mm-hmm. Well, the album I'm going to go with is Excitable Boy. That basically is a Warren Zevon's greatest hits. It's got all the good stuff on it. Awesome. And so. I'll tell you, one thing i add is, you know, that... His most popular song, obviously, Werewolves of London. But, you know, you really listen to that, and I know you guys know kind of what that's about, but it's you go deep into it, and it's it's pretty interesting how he frames that song and what it's about. I, I would like to dig into his brain. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so, you know, little old lady got mutilated last night. <laughs> Werewolves of London. I'm not sure again. what that means. Yeah, I'm not quite <laughs> sure, but yeah. A strange guy, but uh, very worthy of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I hope he gets in this go-around. I think the voting, the fan votes are really pouring in for him. So, All right, round two. Percy, what you got? My number two pick is a guy who described himself as a fat white man singing the blues. And that was the great Joe Cocker. I love him. Saw him. Quite possibly the greatest cover artist well he did the Beatles better than the Beatles he put the Beatles were great writers but Joe put soul in the Beatles songs he did and so many other songs Joe was a sweater when he recorded the letter and he just put an extra into it yeah the artist could she came have. in through the bathroom window. And I don't know how you can go in any other album other than Mad Dogs and the Englishman. Boom. It's the best one. Live at the Fillmore. Leon Russell's on piano. Pretty much orchestrated well, Leon the whole thing. Sings really? some of the, he sings yeah. a few songs on yeah. there. They do a great Dylan cover. And even uh, The Girl from the North Country. Rita Coolidge is on that, that album. Yeah, she is. That's awesome. It's fantastic. You know, Double and I were talking about it before we started it. We saw... Uh, Joe Cocker opened up for Stevie Ray Vaughan in 1990, and it was incredible. I I knew Stevie Ray Vaughan, but I kind of went with somebody who was more of a fan than I was, but really fell in love with him there. He was a real progressive rocker, but Joe Cocker, man. He had that audience, man. Freaking killed. That was what, what'd you say? That was like 91? It was summer 90. 90, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the summer 90. Oak Mountain Amphitheater. That's right. It might have been the summer 91, but it was... Two or three months before Stevie Ray Vaughan died. Yeah. But Joe sort of stole the show. Joe, it was hard to beat, but Stevie Ray Vaughan was just so different. You know, uh, 
it was a great, great combination. Uh, they complemented each other greatly. That's awesome. All right. We got an album there. Uh, you, you mentioned the album, right? I'm sorry. Yes, Mad yeah. Dogs and Englishmen. Yeah. Very good. All right. Brian, My what's, what's your number two My draft number pick? number two is Foreigner. All right. The, great selection. And the album is Foreigner. That's the first one. That's the first one, yeah. It feels Blue like Monday. Feels, feels like, like the first time. Yeah, a long way from home, cold as ice. It sold five million copies. And it's set on the billboard charts at number one longer than any album by any artist in Atlanta, Atlantic Records' 75-year history. Wow. And they their first four albums were, were fantastic. You know, Graham said he believes it has nothing to do with the career, but more of a personal issue between the band and someone in charge. Wiener told Mick that it would be a cold day in hell before they get in, and that was 20 years ago. Yeah. And listen to this. Foreigner has nine top, time, top ten hits. That's the same as Fleetwood Mac. Well, they should be in there. They're snubbed, all because of this yeah, writer from Rolling Mac. Stone magazine. Maybe he'll just Mac. retire or, yeah. you know, die, maybe. Let him in. Let them in. They deserve it. I have a little funny story uh, about foreigners. They, over, well, I live over in Georgia. In my, in my firm, I have a sort of a, our company, I have a leadership role over there besides my regular job. But uh, we, we were having this meeting, and um, this guy, I knew he played music because he had played, he was a drummer, and he played in, uh, some of our events over there, and we went and seen him in some places. He called me up one day, and he couldn't make the meeting. He said, I just want to tell you, he said, I, I'm trying out for this foreigner cover band, tribute band, foreigner right, tribute yeah. band. He said, I tell you what, I'm trying to nail down that jukebox hero drum part. And he said, I just can't do it. He yeah, said, I'm going to have to practice all night. I'm going to have to miss the meeting. If you knew who he was, it's very funny because he's older than I am, and he, he was trying to work on that, that jukebox hero drum, uh, drum part there. It's a great song. Foreign, that's from Foreigner Four, it's great, which is yeah. which is awesome. Foreign All right. Great. So, uh, so yeah, my number two is uh, the B fifty twos. All right, Mathis, Georgia. B fifty twos, Mathis, Georgia. You know they they get. Um, I think they'll get in. I think there's some momentum going in the next couple of years, but. You know, they influenced, heavily influenced R.E.M. Big time. And R.E.M. got in on the first ballot, I think. So, yeah. uh, you, you know, um, uh, Shiny Happy People, you know, they got one of the girls from B-52 to play on yeah, that. Yeah, she, she sang on that. Uh, yeah, they're just one of the all-time great party bands. And the album I picked is actually a concert, and it's uh, with, the, with the Wild Crowd live in Athens, Georgia, and it's from 2012. My wife and I were planning to go to that concert, and Athens is just, you know, uh, not far from where we live over there. Planned to go there, and it's on video now. I encourage everybody to check it out on YouTube. Definitely. The whole concert and the album, one of the great, great concerts of all time, I think. But B-52s. Yeah, and Athens is such a great music scene. Now, I lived in Athens for five years before we moved here. Um, that was a little bit before B-52s and R.E.M. Yeah. But uh, that's a, if you if you want a good weekend trip, Athens, Georgia. That's there are more bars, I think, per square mile in Athens than yeah. most places. It's a couple good time. Of them, a couple of them still live over there from B-52s. You know, that's where yeah. this, this year is their final tour. They're in Vegas. Uh, we thought about going 
you know, to see them in, in, at their last Vegas run. But, you know, uh, I wish I'd have seen them 10 years ago. That's, that's kind of all I'd say. So we're probably not going to go see them this year. Yeah, one of our old listeners, if you're listening, Carrie Williams, she loves Love Shack. Yeah, Percy <laughs> does too. Percy has a Love Shack. How's the Love Shack? I really don't. Free? No comment. I couldn't tell you that. I had a question for you. Fifty-two songs, and uh, you know, many times, like before, I just ignore you because that's all <laughs> I can do. But they're probably one of those groups that I need to. Dig deeper into their catalog. Oh yeah, they're good. Check like, this album. Uh, you know, but I, on, uh, I was that way about Warren Zevon until he. he I will give. Him, I don't give him credit very often, yeah. but he did get me to dig really on deep. They were Warren on Zevon. one of the New Year's Eves this past year. I mm-hmm. forget. Maybe it was Dick Clark or whatever. They still sound okay. Yeah. yeah you talk about harmonies. You check this album out. Those two uh, ladies in that. They could sing. Cindy Wilson man. and Kate, uh, I yeah. can't remember her name right now, but Kate, the redheaded one. Yeah. They have great Big harmonies. bouffant hairdo. Yeah. Beehive that's, hairdo. That's what the B-52 is. It's uh, it, it, it's a type of hairdo. That's what they call that. That's what they're I didn't realize that. B-52s, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. My turn. My dr- number two. In the second round, I am picking the one and only Bad Company. Paul Rogers should be in there on so many levels, even by himself. He should uh, be in there just for his voice. Yeah, one of the, yeah, like Cornell, one of the greatest voices in rock. Um, is they be bad? Paul was very influential. Our friends from Warm loved Paul Rogers, and they covered some free stuff and some. They recorded uh, Burning Sky, Burning Sky, yeah, and Fire uh, and Water. Yeah, great. Which was a free song. Yep. So my album selection is for Bad Company, Straight Shooter. So it's framed up down the Music Hall of Fame here, uh, the Wall of Fame. Uh, The album's framed up down our hallway. So I love Straight Shooter. It could be a Greatest Hits album. So, all right. You Uh, got something, Brian? One thing I wanted to say about Paul Rogers, and I think I've said that to you guys individually, but... Warm, doesn't it seem they were heavily influenced by Free? I mean, if you listen oh, to they that were. Free and, stuff. And you, if you listen to, uh, if you talk to Mike Bruce, I mean, they were big Paul Rogers fans. And uh, they they have a, a sound that is like Free. Yeah. That's right. But just like Free also, and, and Paul Rogers, they were heavily influenced by the blues. Yeah, by the, they by were. The, the blues recordings that they did. And you know, I mean, Paul Rogers went on and toured with Queen for a while. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when Freddie passed away, I yeah. think he was the first front man they pegged. And I tell you, uh, they said Leonard Skinner. You know, they said that every uh, their first album was that Ronnie Van Sant said they had to have a, had to have a song on there that sounded like Free. And yeah. that was that was his major influence. You know, and he he performed the other night at the Country Music Awards. You know, uh, in honor of Leonard Skinner. So. That's great. That's a good choice, too. Yeah, good stuff. All right. That was my number two draft pick, Percy. What you got for number three? This is nitty. No, this is is opposite nitty gritty. (laughs) We got all screwed up. We'll get nitty gritty later. All right, what you got? My number three draft pick is by a very underrated front man, and it's the great Phil Lynott and Thin Lizzy. Yeah, they need to be in there. I mean... He is so underrated 
as a front man. Yeah, and Thin Lizzy's so underrated. And we have local ties yes. to Thin Lizzy. Damon Johnson played and toured uh, lead guitar with Thin Lizzy. And the album is Jailbreak. Yeah, it has to be. And if you don't listen to that, the song Jailbreak and just get fired up, then yeah. I can't help you. Yeah, they should be in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just on that one album alone, like Boston. On Agreed. Theirs. So, all right, that was your number three draft pick. That's my number three. All right, Brian, what's your number three? My number three is I'm going to go with Sticks. Okay. The Grand Illusion. Whether you like them or not, mm -hmm. Sticks is deserving yeah. of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure. The Grand Illusion, which was their seventh album, and it sold three million copies, and it had Come Sell Away, Feeling Yourself, The Grand Illusion. You know, I mean, they had 16 top 40 hits, eight top 10. Well, hell, that's as much as anybody as, else has got. As long as you don't pick Mr. Roboto. Well, yeah, yeah, we rule that one out. Of course, out. and this is where Wiener says they'll never be considered. Well, how can you say that? No, I... He's, I mean, he's, he's a dick. An he's an asshole. Yeah, he's yeah. got some issues. They need to kick him off the committee. I tell you, my favorite stick song, man, of all time is, well, I got two, Snowblind. It's great. And Crystal Ship. Crystal Ship's great, too. No, that, Crystal Ship, is that is that what it's called? That, that's no, a door song. It's Crystal something. Crystal. Crystal Ship's a door crystal song. Palace. Crystal Palace. I can't tell you about Sticks because I'm not a Sticks fan. Well, their best to me, one of their best albums is Pieces of Eight. It's got Blue Collar Nights and uh, yeah, Renegade on song. it. Well, my favorite is Lorelai. Lorelai's yeah, a great song. Good stuff. All right, that was your number three draft selection, Wayne. What you got for number three? You stuck up over that, there? I got stumped on that Sticks song. I was trying to think of. Yeah, we'll figure uh, it out. I'll figure it out. By the time it comes back around me, I'll remember that. But my number, my third round pick, one of the great, great grunge bands, and perhaps the second best MTV Unplugged of all time behind oh, yeah. Nirvana, is Alice in Chains. Yes. And Alice in Chains, great band, unfortunately lost their singer, um, like so many others, you know, to drugs. But uh, what a great band. Harmony. They had great harmony, you know, for a grunge-type band. Um, Jerry Cantrell, and, you know, he wrote a lot of their music and played guitar, but he would harmonize with the singer there, Lane Staley. Yeah, Lane and, Staley was, was badass. Yeah, and, and then when Lane died, you know, th their tour now, they've got a great replacement for him. I mean, uh, the uh, if you get a chance to go see Alice in Chains right now, they sound excellent. So my album pick is MTV Unplugged. Yeah, it's a great. You can't go wrong with with that. And uh, that's it's basically. I mean, it's live, but it is. Uh, it's a great selection. That's right. And that that song from that album, The Rooster. Yeah. You know that was one of my protest songs, but it's uh, incredible. Well, look who walked in. Our good friend Chuck Ellis. I'm out of stickers. You're out of stickers. We'll get you some more. Belly up. We're in. We're in the draft right now. So that's a good number three pick there, Jimmy D. Uh, my number three. He's already in um, with the band, but he needs to be in for his solo, and that is the one and only Ozzy Osbourne. So, Ozzy's in with Black Sabbath already. 
but he should be in a hell of a solo career. Uh, I mean, massive, massive. So, um, what a what a story he I is. I know, and I saw him in, in Huntsville, or maybe it was at Boutwell in Birmingham, but in '81 with Randy Rhodes. And he, he loved Randy Rhodes. And you know, a, a month or two before that concert, we were getting the word that he had bit that head off the bat, you know, and right. we were waiting on that. We were there, I think it was Stoker and me at the concert, and waiting on somebody to throw a bat up there so he could bite it off. But uh, yeah. just awesome. Someone said he bit a bat off, uh, uh, a head off a bat, and got like <laughs> some disease or something, made him crazy. But all, all. Rumors. That's what rumors. Was COVID. Yeah. So Ozzy Osbourne's my selection, and the album is Blizzard of Oz. Blizzard of Oz. Yeah. That was his best. And you know, for me. a guy that can hardly talk, he can sing great. You know, he's weird. He can hardly get around. Yeah. But when you he can't understand, mic. he's got mush mouth. He's screwed up all the time. But you get him on stage and behind that mic, and he's jumping around and singing mm-hmm. like like he's a normal normal person. Flying high again. That's Flying high crazy, again. Man. Oh, yeah. Crazy train. All of it. Good stuff. The best. All right. Percy, what is your number four draft selection? My number four draft selection is another very underrated band, in my opinion, and that's Grand Funk Railroad. It's about time someone brought them into the conversation. You know, one of the great power trios. Yeah. That there has been. And the album I'm taking it's is not the one you think I would take, but I'm taking closer to home. Well, I love the song. Well and the whole album's top to bottom is better than That is an album that you want to put on and play the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's better than we're an American band. I yes. mean the top to bottom, the whole album is better. I like we're an American band, but maybe one of my least favorite hits that they did. Closer to my home is great. Yeah. I'm your captain. Percy, I'm your captain. Call me captain. Yeah, we're probably going to hit an iceberg or something if you're the captain. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Titanic. Face, remember this? We saw them in Gadsden. We saw them in Gadsden at the damn Holiday Inn. It wasn't Grand Funk, but it was... Uh, it was Mark Farner. Mark Farner. Yeah. Yeah. And so he had the, the bass player, Steve, uh, Eric Clapton's bass player. What was that guy's name, Percy? Nathan East. Nathan East. I always want to call him Ethan West. Nathan East. So how we we came to watch that, we had a great radio station in Jackson, at Jacksonville State. 92J with Roger and, Allen. And I answered a trivia question. I mean, I've listened all the time. Just, I mean, I, I was the same. I was a 19. DJ on that on that station. That's right. And uh, so I, I called up and answered the trivia question, and I had a choice. Three tickets to the... And we took Ricky Thompson, remember? Yeah. Three tickets to the... Affectionately known as Tits. Yeah. Or I could get the Bruce Springsteen, new Bruce Springsteen album. Yeah. I said, hell, I'm going to see Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah. Like, it was so, great. It was like in a lounge. I know. It was like a lounge setting at the I holiday. Know it was in the jungle. Like, maybe that later become the jungle. I think it did. Yeah. yeah. But I'll never forget great that. Great choice. Yeah. Outstanding. Grand Funk Railroad. All right. My number, four, my number four is, and this is a lot of people don't like this band, but I do, Kansas. I love them. And I've seen them. The, they should be in there. Revolutionary. Like, yeah. I'm there. 
I picked a 1977 Point No Return album, which had Dust in the Wind on it. It did, so, and Point of No Return. That was their fifth Lightning's album. Lightning's Hand. fifth album. Yeah. I mean, you picked that over Left Overture, which you could have gone either way, but uh, I've got that Point of No Return album down the hallway there. That's that's a great selection, Brian. I mean, they, they had seven top 40 hits, four gold albums. I mean, and that yeah. singer too, uh, what was his name? Walsh, Steve Walsh. Yeah, one of the greatest singers. Yeah, yeah, it's a great band. And when you can put a violin in a rock song, oh yeah, you deserve it, man. Oh yeah, you should be in there. They were they were borderline prog rock. I yeah, mean, with that right. violin, you're right. Yeah, fantastic, good writers. Uh, their drummer is one of Gene Pledger's favorite drummers too. Yep. By the way, so all right, excellent, Jimmy D. What's your uh, Fourth round draft selection. So let me go back to sticks. Crystal ball was crystal what I was ball. I could, yes, I wouldn't be able to think of anything else if I didn't say that. Crystal ball is one of my favorite yeah. songs. Sticks. So, so yeah. So Kansas with the violin, my band. When you can put the flute in a rock song, there we go. Is great too. So my number, my fourth round selection is Jethro Tull, which I am bewildered why. They weren't in there 20 years ago. Can't believe it. You know, and they've got a new album that dropped last week. I listened to it. It's called Rock Flute, and it's got the uh, German uh, symbols of, you know, kind of like Motley Crue has. And I have to get a shout out to Bright Long, who in his misspent youth thought Jethro Tull was an actual a, person. Yeah. Yeah, it was. No, it's <laughs> just the name of the band. Well, he probably he was, was national yeah, person. Yeah. He was an agriculturist back in like way back three hundred years ago or yeah. something. But yeah. he thought that was a person that in the band. But he also thought Johnny Rivers was singing "Secret Asian Man" instead of "Secret Asian Man." <laughs> we got to watch those "Secret Asian Man." <laughs> so I'll tell you some other fun fact about uh, uh, Jethro Tull's singer Ian Anderson. That's his name. Yeah, here. Ian yeah. Anderson. Yep. You know, his son-in-law was the main character on The Walking Dead. Did y'all know I that? I didn't know that was his what? son-in-law. The uh, The Walking Dead, the main character, what was his name all those years? I don't know. Rick. He had the revolver, Rick. though. Rick, Rick is his son-in-law. That's you know, very strange. I heard him talk about it many times. He's married to Ian Anderson, the singer for Jethro Tull's daughter. Well, here's a fun fact. Wow. You know, do you know I'm related to Elvis Presley? I did not know that. His... Um, Mother's maiden name is Gentry. Is that right? All Gentrys are related. So <laughs> I've got it. The King's blood me, Michael. You want to kiss my ring? No, because I'm related to Teddy Pendergrass. <laughs> <laughs> you look like it, too. <laughs> but Jethro Tull, I mean, not only Ian Anderson singing, playing the flute, but their guitarist was incredible. I don't see how he could sing like he could sing and... and and play that and flute because that takes a lot foot. of wind. He stood on one foot. Like, yeah, it's strange. You know, yeah, he, it, there's a little captain in him. That's right. But the guitar player for Jethro Tull is incredible too. Yeah. So uh, some great hits. Yeah, the album that I chose is Aqualong. Of course. Uh, Cross-eyed Mary is my favorite Jethro Tull song. So, but uh, there again, Motor Breath. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all of them are great. So uh, yeah, number four round, Jethro Tull. All right, good selection. Glad they made it. Maybe they actually will make it one year. So my number four on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snub list, my draft pick is the Dave Matthews Band. Mm -hmm. It's been 25 years. 
what a following he has, and he's not. You can as soon as U two was available or eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they went in. Same should be for Dave Matthews Band. I agree. This guy has tons of fans, tons of hits, and uh, love him. I mean, he's like the they're, Dave Matthews Band is like the modern day Grateful Dead in so many ways. So people will travel from all over to go see them in concert. I agree. And uh, I've never seen them. And, follow, uh, follow them around. Yeah, yeah, follow yeah them people around. follow them around. So my album is Under the Table and Dreaming, which to me is the DMB's best album. Okay. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Percy, what's your number five My number five would be unprecedented and put this man in for a fourth time. Which nobody's in three times already. Well, there's, there's a him. couple Clapton. that are in there three. No, there's one, I think. There's one. Clapton is the only person in three times. Okay. This would put him in fourth, a fourth time. All right. With Derek and the Dominoes. He should be in there. There's, and it, it would there's also only one put, album, but there's no restriction on how many albums. Well, they had two great live albums. And then the double album, which was one of the greatest double albums ever made. And it would also put the great Dwayne Allman in a second time. A second time, for sure. But this album, Layla and other assorted love songs from top to bottom, is just... Yeah, there's not a bad song on it. It's very blues-influenced. You can tell Dwayne's influence in that album. And you can tell when they're recording this. If you listen to them do Key to the Highway and they're playing, and there's several instances where... Clapton just like shouting out. It's like they were just having fun. They were. And you could put Clapton in there five times if you added uh, Blind Faith. Yep. The super group. Steve Winwood, Ginger Baker, Eric Clapton. You know, can't find my way home. Presence I mean, he could, al- he could also go in with, with, the, with the grandfather of the British blues and John Mayall. Cause he Absolutely. Was, he was in the Blues Breakers. He was in the Blues Breakers, the Yardbirds. I mean, you name it. Clapton is king. When it comes to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I, I don't foresee him getting a nod on Derek and the Dominoes because they're just they like we got you in here three times. We're moving down the road, but it should be in there. And all, all the there. all the all the hippie libs have turned on him now. Yeah, because he's taking his stance, and they're like, "Oh, we don't like you." And so many people say, and I get so tired of this. This pisses me off greatly. Clapton's a racist. No, he's not. No. He was coked out in the 70s and made a statement, and that stuck to him for 40 years. Mm-hmm. He was... Let it go. B.B. King was his best friend to the day he died. Oh, B.B. King said the best blues player he's ever heard was Eric Clapton. That's him, coming from B.B. Yeah. Buddy Guy is still friends with Eric Clapton. Yeah. You know, Eddie Van Halen said... That he said that Clapton was the best guitarist when he was on cocaine. He's well, and you know Clapton on heroin. When heroin. He was on heroin, yeah. Clapton intentionally addicted himself yeah. to heroin so he could have a better blues sound. And then he said when he came off, when he got sober from heroin, he sounded like BB King. Clapton was a a child. He used to eat so much sugar to give him a rush. It started at a young age for him, just trying to find an addiction. That's a good one. And he started off with the sugar, and it started to kind of morphed into other things. And the heroin. 
Yeah, but he got off of it. He's been straight, yep. clean and straight for a long, I love his long time. Stuff. And, and you know, he wasn't a big that. singer. Uh, Delaney of Delaney and Bonnie yeah. was one of the biggest ones that pushed him into singing. He he had no confidence in his voice. And when he went on tour with Delaney and Bonnie, he kind of pushed him into singing. And that's Good story. That started. So Sugar was a gateway drug. Yeah. Sugar is a gateway drug. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian, this is your draft pick number five. My number five is, this might be a little bit off the wall for some people, but I picked Toto. No, nah, I'm good with that. Their uh, fourth album, which had Africa and Rosanna and I Won't Hold You Back. Hold the line. No, that's not on that album, but that's Toto. That's a great piano riff in that song. We did. You know, Steve Lukather said that the Rock Rock Roll Hall of Fame, he said that they hate our guts. That's why we're not in. Been there a couple of guys from the Eagles that went through Toto? Yeah. No. Mm, was, no, they was, went through uh, Poco. Poco, yeah. Poco. Poco. I'm sorry, yeah. Poco, I mean, they got, Toto, they got six Grammy Awards, Toto does. And it says, with over 39 years together, they remain one of the top selling touring and recording acts in the world. Maybe we can get them here. And a lot of people don't know this. It, but this is a fun fact. Steve, David, Jeff, and the Carl brothers, they played on Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, I did not know that. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know Steve did. Hmm. Well, that's great. Great selection. I'm all about some Toto. Lanny, what is your number five draft pick? My, in the fifth round. The I'm Denver go, Broncos pick. You know, I said... Not Russell Wilson. <laughs> I said initially I'm not a huge fan of live albums, but there are some fantastic live albums. I and, know where you're going. And the greatest of all time. I know where you're going. Was made by Peter Frampton. Yes. With the greatest song, the 12 minute Do You Feel Like We Do. Yep. So Peter Frampton, I'm selecting in the fifth round, should be in the Hall of Fame. Great guitar player. Not only did he have a stellar solo career, but played guitar for David Bowie during the 80s. Uh, just, a, just a great artist. And a little fun fact, uh, a shout out. So we haven't done the shout out. So I want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Melissa, uh, back home in Georgia. Her father, and I don't know if I've ever told you all this, but her father was a, uh, a tour bus driver. And sometimes he would drive the equipment bus, sometimes it, it would be the band. And he actually drove for Peter Frampton. That's interesting. He, That's cool. he did that for 20 years. and. Uh, the bands were wide ranging. I mean, you know, anywhere from Billy Squire to Peter Frampton. Frampton was the coolest to me, so that's what I want to hear about. But she's got a lot. Right. Her and her brother have a lot of memorabilia from from uh, a lot of these bands. He's even got a golden uh, a gold record from Faster Pussycat. If y'all remember that band, yeah, uh, it drove for them for a while. But but Frampton Comes Alive is uh, the album. I remember where I remember in middle school in eighth grade when I heard that song and that talking guitar. It just Kind yeah, of like changed my wah, life. Wah. I'm like, oh my gosh! I, uh, you know, this is like the coolest thing I've ever heard. So that's that's one that it may be the greatest live album ever. Yeah, from classic rock, one of them. And it's it's really sad too. It's such a great album, but that's another one of those that classic rock radio did what it did. 
Yeah, overplayed it, but uh, still. It doesn't take away from it. But just classic rock radio did that to so many, so much stuff that it was just. Peter Frampton needs to be in there. I tell you why they snubbed him. He made that movie. Yeah, Sergeant Pepper's only. He Art said that man. that kind of ruined his career. Right? Ruined his career. They put him on Rolling Stones. Him and the Bee Gees. And I love the Bee Gees, don't get me wrong, but they did Sergeant yeah. Pepper's Rolling, uh, Lonely Heart Club Band mm-hmm. movie, and it was like, that made him too pop. Right. Remember they put him on without a shirt on on Rolling Stones, like a oh, yeah. playboy, like teen idol. Yeah, and it's like really Leif, looking like Leif Garrett. He's a rocker, man. Yeah. He's he not a, a teen idol. And, uh, yeah, so so my, my father-in-law said during that time he was really state messed up all the time. He was a young guy, you know, strung out, and a lot of people taking advantage of him. He said he remembered that. And uh, But uh, his he made his comeback. You know, he and David Bowie went to went to school together, high school and all that. And Frampton's father was actually an art teacher or something like that. And so David Bowie kind of rescued him back and said, hey, why don't you go on tour with me? You're a guitar player. Start playing guitar. And that kind of brought him back into the rock and roll scene is a teen idol type thing. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So, all right. My number five draft selection, uh, Mm -hmm. they've got to be in there. And it's Motorhead. Mm. And I love Lemmy. Uh, Motorhead is the epitome of hard rock. Why they are not in there, I have no idea. Um, Could you imagine the headache the next morning if you went and seen Oh, that? if you saw a Motorhead concert, man, you're going to be hurting the next day. But that was straight, in-your-face rock and roll. Lemmy could deliver. And the album I choose is, of course, Ace of Spades. So, had to be in there. All right, Percy. So, remember, we're not doing honorable mentions. We're stretching this out to eight rounds. What's your number six? My number six. Now, wait a minute. This is the nitty-gritty. This is the nitty-gritty. My number six is... uh, You getting emotional over there? It's influenced by my dad, and I'd have to put this on there because of him, and it's the Guess Who. All right. Good band. Canadians. Burton Cummins, what a voice. No sugar tonight. Randy Bachman, I mean, it's just... I mean, it's... Yeah. There's no that's way true. that they should not be in that's there. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know why they weren't I'll, in there I'll 15 stand years on that ago. Island. I mean, in yeah. the album I'm going with is American Woman. Yeah, yes. good. I mean, Which Nancy Reagan would not let them play that at the White House. They were invited to play at a White House function. Uh, while we're getting a Canadian rock band at the White House, I don't know, but they're good. Yeah. But she said you can't play American Woman. Well, you know that's a protest song. like. Oh, yeah. American well, there's Woman two stories behind that. I just got, I hadn't heard them say it, but I kind of listened to the lyrics, and that's kind of like uh, the, that's what it comes across to me. The interview I read with Randy Bachman was that it was the whole they came across the border and all the American women with all these overzealous American women, and that was was had to do partly with the writing of that song. Okay, that's what I read in an interview with Randy Bachman. But either way, they still deserve to be in there. Absolutely. I mean, Randy Bachman went on to do uh, BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive, which is worthy of a discussion on this list as well. That's right. Yeah. They were badass. They were, they were great, too. All right. Brian, what's your uh, next draft choice? My number six is going to be 
the Marshall Tucker Band. And everybody knows their album's going to be the Marshall Tucker Band album. Of course, everybody knows they're from Macon, Georgia, and all the, with all my brothers and all that good stuff. Well, they recorded down there, but they're South Carolina boys. Well, yeah, they're, yeah. Spartanburg. And it's funny, a lot of people don't know that, you know, they ask how they get their name. Well, it's from the blind piano tuner. Marshall Tucker. Good choice. Columbia that lived up till he was 99 years old. Gotcha. All right. They have a lot of great deep cuts, too. I mean, everybody knows In My Own Way. One of the early albums was... Was it not the title of the album where a country boy belongs? Yeah, yeah. I've got that stuff. on vinyl. You and could it, put their first album on it. It's like just great song, one after another. One after another. Yeah, it's like yeah. toy that nobody's toy ever heard hardly, you know, on the radio or anything. But yeah, I mean, their first album's got "Can't You See" on it, "Take the Highway," "Rambling Man." "Can't You See" was my yeah. number two southern rock song of all time. All right, so my number for round number six. Yes. Remember, take yourself back to 1981 when you started hearing about a channel called MTV and videos. Yeah, we the, watched a lot in college. The first, even when we were in high school, you know, I didn't have cable. I lived out in Nixon Chapel, so we didn't have cable out there. <laughs> but, but I started hearing about Billy Idol's uh, song, White Wedding, uh, as the MTV uh, video. So not only is he a great singer you know his music's great too but i think he was one of the pioneers of of mtv video and MTV yeah. rebel yell so white wedding eyes without a face that's right so yeah had that curled up lip yeah and uh the the album uh, still going today uh, the album i chose is rebel yell billy Idol. i saw him the best in six flags when i was a senior so so when we when my class went it was cindy lauper and then i went two weeks later with some other classes down in Gunnersville and it was Billy Idol playing. He must have been 21 years old. We were 18, you know, and uh, he played the Six Flags. Y'all remember that? Like, yeah. remember the Six Flags would go and oh, take yeah. a senior skip day? Yep. So, uh, so I saw him there and that's, that was a great show. Good choice. Alright, my number six, and they've been on the ballot for a couple years now, and I love them, and we had mentioned them earlier, and it's Rage Against the Machine. Mm. So, I mean, that's just a jam for me. You know, if you want to get angry, put on Rage Against the Machine. Right. You'll, yeah, you'll go They kind of broke the ground for, uh, you know, protest song. Every song they do is every, every song they do, they're mad at somebody. And the album is Rage Against the Machine. All right? We're going to wind her down. Percy, what is number seven for you? My number seven for me is a group from my generation, and it's Motley Crue. Good choice. And the album I took is Dr. Feel Good, and that should get them in there on that alone. Yeah, just on that alone. Yeah. Although uh, they had great other albums, Theater of Pain and Shout at the Devil, but that one should get them in there alone. Yeah, agreed. That's my. All right. Brian, what's your number my seven? My number seven is Atlanta Rhythm Section. Outstanding. And I'm going to go with Champagne Jam. Fantastic. A another one framed down the hallway here. You know, I, sometimes, I don't know if this sounds crazy or not, but I think they're, let's say, if, maybe the friendly version of Leonard Skinner. Does that make sense? That is a nice description of ARS. The friendly version I mean, of Leonard Skinner. I love it. All right. 
Good deal. all these albums on a playlist? Oh, we're putting all the albums on a playlist for Apple Music. We wanted to present a full body of work. So that's awesome. why we're picking an album. Be awesome. It'll be a great playlist. So in the seventh round, I'm going to pick a band that I saw way back in like 84 or 85. They were an opening band. Uh, I think they were opening for Ted Nugent. And for some reason, I've seen Ted Nugent a couple times. For some reason, he didn't show up that time. And the Colt played Love the Colt. three hours. Yeah. They were supposed to be the opening band for 30 minutes or whatever. Firewoman. But the Colt is a great, great band. Still playing today. You can catch them on the guitar centers or something like that. We they need do, to get them here. They do great shows. Yeah. I'm not sure they'd go over here, but they're great. No, me and you would go. But, oh, yeah. 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 Chuck could go. And and the uh, the album that I picked is Electric. It was come out in 87. It had Wildflower, Little Devil. They even done a great uh, cover of Born to be Wild. So oh, wow. Oh, this, this is going to be a great playlist on Apple Music, folks. All right, my number seven, got to be on there. Love this band, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, R.I.P. Scott Whalen. Love the Pilots. They're fantastic. Um, what else can I say? Um, the album I'm choosing, and it was hard because I like all their albums, but I went with Core. Yeah, I mean, that's great. the one. So, All right, we're down to our last draft really? selection. Uh, Percy, what's your eight? My number eight is maybe some people would consider him rock and roll, but if you ask any guitar god, they will tell you that Hubert Sumlin, the guitarist for Howlin' Wolf, needs, See, this is different. I knew he'd bring something to the Needs game. to be in there. Mick Jagger has been saying for years that he needs to be in there. The Stones loved him so much that they paid for his funeral expenses. Wow. Stevie Ray Vaughan said he was the heaviest, most original guitar player he ever heard. There's an endorsement. Oh, Wayne's cracking that beer. I don't have time to mention all the people that have has covered songs that he played on by Wolf, but he deserves to be in there. Good choice. Interesting. All right, Brian, final uh-huh. choice, final draft selection. Mine is this like Mr. Irrelevant? Isn't that what they call the final? Yours is Mr. Irrelevant. No, mine becomes yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, man, it's perfect, too. My number eight is free. All right, mentioned with Paul Rogers and Bag Company I'm going to go with her 1970 Fire and Water, oh, which has awesome. got all that's right a great now. One. Yeah. Of course, everybody knows in 73. Fire and Water is a great song, too. Oh, yeah, a great song covered by... Wilson Pickett and Warm. Of course, they wasn't around for three years. Of course, they made up Bad Company. Yeah. Paul Rogers took his toys and left. He did. Was there another guy that was a guitar player yeah. in free, too? No, the drum player. Drum, drum player. Yeah. Steve. Went to Simon bad somebody. Mm-hmm. Simon Kirk or Simon right. or something. Good choice. Awesome. Wayne, what's your last so, pick? So, uh, my eighth, in the eighth round, uh, I'm, I'm shifting gears dramatically here, but... I'm going to go with America. That is shifting gears, but they should be in there. They should be in there. If we throw in Dolly Parton in there, America should be in there. there. And what's interesting, I I saw the interview with those guys, and, you know, they they were three kids from America, and they all met on an army base in Germany. Y'all know that? That's where they formed. Their parents were, were in the military, and they come together in Germany on a base, and, uh, uh, 
call themselves yeah, America. Chuck's been to Germany. And, uh, you know, they don't have, to me, I know there's some big fans, bigger fans maybe than me, but to me they don't have a great album that has a lot of songs on it. Every album has two or three great songs on it. But the album I picked is their first album called America. Yeah. Has that got a horse with no name on it? Uh, you know, I can't remember right now. You know what that's about. You know what a horse I, with no name is? I, I've heard that. Story. It's LSD. Yeah. Yeah. Percy, you got some LSD on you? <laughs> I couldn't keep any on me because you'd hog it all. So. <laughs> Wait, did no, I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Okay. Great choices. So I get Mr. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Because I'm the last of the last. And that's how they do it in the NFL draft. Which, by the way, Mr. Irrelevant this past year, I think he kicked ass in the NFL. So, like him, like this selection. And Mr. Irrelevant was probably usually a kicker, and I know how much you love kickers. So I can't stand kickers. That I don't know if there's ever been a kicker. Don't. There's only been one kicker going in the first round, I think. Yeah. That was that Florida State guy, right? Mr. Irrelevant's the last. Yeah, that's right. No. Mr. Irrelevant's the last pick oh, in the draft. Oh, he's not in the first round. He's no, the last Cal- pick in the draft. Round, seven, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. So, my eighth round pick, and he's not Mr. Irrelevant because he is a rocker, and I've seen him, and it is Sammy Hagar. Uh, saw him with Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Open up for ZZ Top. I saw that. Spring country. in 1983, yes, Eliminator sir. Tour, and Had Sammy, all red. Sammy the Red Rocker, and All Red came out there. He stole the show. Bad motor scooter. Yeah, bad motor scooter. He was jumping off of dang 15 foot speakers. I mean, he was he was he crazy. Remember he yeah. sat on the edge of the stage and he was yeah. talking about that song that uh, he wrote for Rich Springfield. Rich Springfield. Yeah. He said, I wrote the damn song for that. I wonder if anybody know that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. The album I chose was Three Lock Box because I love the album, love the Red Rocker, and he's sort of a historian of rock these days. And if you don't like Sammy Hagar, at least as a person, something's wrong with you. His voice is still great. He's got a great voice. Chicken Foot foot and Sammy Hagar in the circle. He's still doing stuff. Well, and Uh, the two, I suggest you watch on Axis TV Sammy Hagar's Rock and Roll Road Trip. Absolutely. He and goes he makes in interviews. Yeah, make or tequila. 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 Yeah, Cabo Wabo, which he sold that company. Yeah. But, 80 million, I heard. Yeah. yeah. 80 million. Big, big money. Like, so, but if I'm not mistaken, he's, he's got like man. another, some kind of uh, vodka company or rum, something I else. Think. Yeah. This, this, I think, if I'm not sure. Where's the rum? We can get him here. Yeah, we could get Sammy here, I think. I don't, so, think, I don't think you can get Sammy here. That'd be big. That would be huge. Yeah. He don't need the money, but he, I'm not sure. Oh, be, that'd be big. Yeah. You get him here, that's big. Yeah, big time. All right, folks. Well, that was our uh, NFL draft selection for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snubs. Chuck, glad you dropped in. Jimmy D, always a pleasure to see you. Uh, Brian, part of the team with with, with Wayne and uh, Chuck been here several times and glad y'all could make it. We're going to sticker you up and all I got to say is bye-bye.